Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, here we go. Fired up, coming out of a weekend of fun college football all across the country. What a slate as we wrap up. Yes, the first month of the regular season. We're heading towards the month of October around the country in college football. And I, for one, can't be more excited. Welcome in. It's the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane, and uh, great to have you with us along for the ride uh, today. We look back uh, over the weekend and take a peek at some of the winners, some of the losers from over the weekend as well, and make sense of it all moving forward as we're really headed towards full-time conference play right now uh, at this point in the regular season. And that is where we will get our questions answered. Who is for real? Who is not for real around the FCS here this season? And we're going to find that out here very, very quickly. What's coming up here on the pod? Well, we'll have an update on realignment. Chris Vanini from The Athletic will stop by. He joined me on uh, our radio show locally in Fargo on Monday. And we'll talk to Chris about uh, what he is hearing surrounding realignment. He covers the group of five so well for The Athletic. The timetable for all of that. And one of our teams that we want to let you know more and more about, the Crusaders from Holy Cross. Yes, that's right. Folks, you know how I feel, I have felt about Monmouth. I think Monmouth had an excellent spring season. Uh, they've had some really good teams as of late. I think they're the favorites in the Big South. Well, Holy Cross and, and won in, uh, in New Jersey over the weekend. Not only did they win, uh, they won in a big-time way. Ladies and gentlemen, jumping out 28 to nothing and winning by the final score of 45 to 15. Holy Cross out of the Patriot League dispatched Monmouth out of uh, top 25 polls. So we'll talk to their head man, Bob Chesney, coming up. Fourth year head coach. Everywhere he has gone, he has elevated the program and the school that he has been at and is doing so once again at Holy Cross. Back to back Patriot League champions. And they are off to a tremendous start with an FBS win uh, over UConn and now beating Monmouth at their place. They've got a win against Yale. They play Harvard this weekend. Holy Cross, a team to remember for your bracket when we come towards late to October, mid-November, getting ready for the FCS playoffs. Well, we highlighted quite a few games around the country in our uh, last pod before the weekend started. One of those, ETSU at Samford. Congratulations, Randy Sanders and that bunch. The Bucks 
continue their excellent start, a place they have not had a lot of success in. ETSU wins a high-scoring overtime game in Birmingham against Samford. They win by the final score of 55-48. to That's a big win early on in SOCOM play for Randy Sanders and his squad. Uh, they are a team that is moving in the right direction. There is no doubt about it. Some late-night viewing on Saturday night that jumped off the page at me. Well, unfortunately, Weber State could not rebound. Jay Hill and his bunch, after getting beat up pretty good by James Madison, they lose at home to UC Davis, and backup quarterback Miles Hastings came on and led a big scoring drive to help propel the Aggies to a win late in that contest. That's a big win for Dan Hawkins. It's a big win for UC Davis as they now vault into the top 10 rankings in the polls around the country in FCS college football. Impressive stuff to say the least there. What does it mean for Weber State? Weber State now ends the month of September with a 1-3 record, losing their first game in Big Sky Conference play. I think you can officially, officially uh, say goodnight to Weber State in the top eight seeds category down the road. And now the Wildcats will have to regroup. They've had some injuries. They've had some guys you know, come and go from the program. This is still a playoff team, in my opinion, but they will have to turn things around in a hurry with back-to-back weeks in the middle of October with Eastern Washington and Montana State on the schedule. So Weber State, who has won four straight Big Sky Conference championships, they've taken some, uh, some big blows from opponents here at home the last couple of weekends and unable to lift themselves up off the mat. The Wildcats will have to figure it out in a hurry. And I have to imagine that Jacksonville State fans are just trying to figure it out with their team right now, pulling their hair out and maybe need a session on the couch with Dr. Phil, with their your best sports psychologist out there. Jacksonville State loses at home to UT Martin. Now, UT Martin is going to be a player in the Ohio Valley Conference this year with the departure of Jacksonville State and also Eastern Kentucky. So uh, UT Martin... A team to watch, a team to follow in a big-time way. And that'll be a fun league to scoreboard watch throughout the entire season. But Jacksonville State, come on now. You got the win at Florida State. You bounce back after a subpar performance at UAB. You're able to hold off an upstart North Alabama program that I think will be really good once they get through a transition Division Two to Division One. But now all of that equity you built up with the win at Florida State uh, it's damaged in a big-time way with a, a loss at home to UT Martin. Again, Martin is is not an awful program. They've done some really good things, and they're a top-25 team right now. But uh, any any chance, any opportunity to climb the ladder for Jacksonville State, that just took a big-time hit with a WAC AQ7 conference slate, which will be much more difficult for the Gamecocks this season than what it has been uh, living in the Ohio Valley in this recent era of success for John Gross and the Jacksonville State program. Well, realignment update last week, Chris Vanini with the piece in The Athletic discussing NDSU potentially as uh, a candidate for Mountain West Conference expansion. That was a, a little bit, uh, you know, tabled, I guess you could say, or we poured some cold water on that. More of a mention than serious conversations overall in regard to North Dakota State. But, Talked with him on Monday here on my local radio show in Fargo, asking him about uh, NDSU, 
how they fit in with the Mountain West Conference, and then how former FCS programs have been able to transition and have success at the group of five levels so quickly. Here's Chris Vanini from The Athletic. Yeah, I'm not aware of any conversations. It was just it, it was a school brought up by somebody in the conference who, who when listing off possibilities yeah. of potential replacements, thought that they could they could be someone that maybe the league should take a look at. What is the what are what are the pot cuz James Madison is one as well that we we you you talk about a lot. We know they they essentially I think they're looking to get out of the CAA and move up to the FBS. What is the discussion piece like with FCS schools moving up to FBS leagues? We've seen it with App State, we've seen it with Georgia Southern. Uh, they just replaced their head coach or fired their head coach. Uh, over the weekend, and they're in transition a little bit. Coastal Carolina as well. Um, positives, uh, negatives that these programs run into when trying to bump up divisions and find conference homes. What's that process like in your experience of covering it overall? I mean, the programs that are used to winning at the highest level of FCS have typically moved up and continued that success because you have infrastructure in place, you have investment already there, you have a winning culture already in place there, and that's what you saw with especially App State and Georgia Southern, and it took a few years for Coastal Carolina, but they found the right guy there as well. You know, as it relates to James Madison and moving up, you know, they've got an athletic budget that's in the $50 million range, which is in the American's range. The American pays a lot more for sports and for coaches and for everything than the rest of the group of five. Um you know, so so they've engaged. James Madison has with multiple FBS conferences. Um, I, the American would be an interesting fit. I'm not sure how that would affect the TV situation, but I think Conference USA could be a potential fit too if the American doesn't work. I mean, most everybody in the East would like to get into the American in some form or another. Um, but if it doesn't happen, you know, there will still be potential moves from Conference USA or from the Sun Belt uh, to look to add or replace teams as well. And James Madison's got great facilities. They're, they're one of the top FCS programs. They have a budget uh, there and stuff like that. You know, there is an adjustment with getting more scholarships, something uh, the coach kind of hinted at the other day. Um, uh, so there is a transition, but generally, if you're a winning program at that level and you move up to the group of five, you stay a winning program. Uh, he explains it all very well right there. Very, very quickly, very succinct. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on it here when looking at what will happen. But Vanini told us Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American, who got a contract extension, by the way, he wants to move in the next couple of weeks, two to three weeks for the American to try and restock, reload after losing Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Houston to the Big 12. So we'll keep our eyes on that, pay attention to it as uh, the world of college football continues to uh, to turn in the world of college football realignment. Well, many of you have heard me talk about what I feel about Monmouth. I think the Monmouth Hawks football team is one that it was very good coming out of the spring and uh, and one that I still think is going to win the Big South, but they ran into a group out of the Patriot League on Saturday. They're in a, in a home game as well. The Crusaders from Holy Cross, who we've talked about on the FCS Fever podcast, uh, and they ran into a, a buzzsaw, losing 45-15. to 15. So we wanted to get more on this Holy Cross group, who has had a great start, a great September to this 2021 regular season. Their fourth-year head coach, Bob Chesney, kind enough to give us some time on the program uh, here today. 
Coach, congratulations. What a win. 45-15 on the road against the Monmouth team. I know you guys have a lot of respect for. Uh, just your reaction to your guys and obviously a very impressive start to the season for your program at 3-1. and one. Yeah, um, first, a, a ton of respect for that Monmouth program. Uh, they um, knocked us out of the playoffs, you know, two years ago and did it, you know, decisively. I think Coach Callan runs a phenomenal program. They have, I believe, 20-some plus fifth years in graduate school players, um, you know, and just a, a, an excellent, excellent football team. And, you know, our guys went down and, and played tough and, you know, played as hard as they could and, and in the end, you know, came away with a victory. I think the first half was a, was a really clean first half of football. The second half, you know, started to see a momentum swinging one way or another. Um, and I think in the end, it was just about being able to play each play, you know, as hard as they possibly can. And I really liked, you know, the, again, the, the youth of our team, but at the same time, uh, we're rotating through a bunch of guys and, you know, they're, they're all, you know, viable options and they're all really holding up their end of the bargain and they're playing tough, you know, just playing tough, playing hard, playing physical, emotional for those, you know, four quarters is really, you know, what we want what we want our program to be. And I think, uh, we sustained a loss a little bit earlier in the season and, um, you know, it was one that was a little bit humbling, and it was also an unbelievably, you know, uh, positive learning experience. Despite the emotion that was initially attached to it, it really was something I think that helped us refocus and, and get back to work. So I'm proud of the start, and I think, um, you know, obviously a, a ton more work to be done, but I feel like we're, you know, trending in the right direction. You have led uh, this program to back-to-back Patriot League championships. You're certainly going to be in the mix uh, again here in the fall of 2021. I know the spring was was very, very bizarre for everybody, and you guys being on the East Coast, you, you did what you could with the games that you were allowed to play and got yourself into the postseason. But I'm looking at you know your, your, your career, your bio. Everywhere you have gone, you have uplifted programs that you have been associated with as the head coach um what is it about your message and your culture coach chesney that that lends itself to what you have accomplished thus far and what you're doing at holy cross right now with your guys yeah well i think you know to me i I can remember my father is a longtime high school football coach my grandfather coached with him my uncles coached with him and (laughs) i just you know, grew up in this and, um, you know, not a Saturday has gone by that I have not been part of this or a Friday night that I've not been part of this. And I, I did some reflecting and, you know, when I started you know, to become the head coach and I just thought, you know, what was it that made those teams, his great teams, great. And, you know, it wasn't about talent. It wasn't, you know, about size and just speed. It was about, you know, when you think back to the best teams and is it chicken or the egg, right? Did they really like being around each other and were such a tight group because they were winning or, you know, were they winning because they were such a tight group? And I felt like, you know, it wasn't worth it to try to wait to get to those games and win and then have that, the, the latter part happen. You'd rather get into the situation of let's tighten these guys up as, as best we can. Let's make sure we're spending time together. Let's make sure we truly care about each other. And then for me as a head coach, you know, it's been three different programs, but all of them have, none of them have been the same recipe. All of them, you know, called for a very different recipe. But this is really hard, and this is the challenge. You say, what is it about your culture? It's not my culture. It's their culture, right? Mm-hmm. And it is our, it's our culture. It's ability for me to come in and first say, 
what's ailing you, right? And, and you know, when, when we talk about, you know, and they start to say what they feel are reasons that they're losing or that they're not able to win, often it comes from stop losing first, right? And I think when they feel invested and they feel like you care and they feel like you're listening, you have such a better chance at, you know, building that trust and that trust leading to personal care, that personal care for one another leading to wins. So this, no, none of those recipes has been the same, and all of them, but all of them do start with listening first and then saying, I have an idea of what I want to do, but this, let me hear first what the problems are. Then let's together figure out a way to fix it. And then when you all decided this together, then my job is to just make sure that they stay the course, right? The blueprint's been laid. Now when someone falls off track a little bit, we move them back on track and, and we keep moving forward. But a relentless pursuit of staying the course is really, you know, what my job becomes after the initial listening and, you know, um, devising of the plan. Then it just becomes we can't waver from this. And that's really, you know, what, what, what to me the message is and the, and the secret of it all is. It's the human element. None of us are winning because of X's and O's. We're winning because of people. And I think that's what sometimes gets lost. Great stuff there. Bob Chesney's the fourth-year head coach at Holy Cross. They went into Monmouth and uh, beat up a Monmouth team that does not lose much at home, rarely ever, just the second time since 2018. And they got all over the Hawks. They're up 28 nothing at halftime, 145-15. to And uh, they've had some impressive wins. I mean, Coach, I know you mentioned the Merrimack game. I know, and that's a sneaky good team that, that not a lot of people oh, yeah. talk about, a lot about. They're a young FCS program on the East Coast. Um, it's coming off the UConn game, that was a huge win. Anytime you beat an FBS team, it's a big, big deal. But you bounce back, you get a win over Yale, which is a great program in the Ivy League. Then this one, I mean, put it into perspective for me, there's still a lot of football left to be played, but but what's this month meant to you, to your players, just as a whole, looking back on it now overall, the successes, the failures, not that it's been a roller coaster, more, more highs than lows, but it's been something to follow, no question about it. Yeah, I think the failures are, are the key, right? You just have this constant, you're on this constant quest to get better and you're on this constant quest to improve. And, you know, you're on this constant quest to figure out what you need to do every day uh, to be the best possible, right? And I think for us, it's more about the failures that I think that we're, we hang our hat on right now of learning and making sure, you know, we don't repeat those. The, the success is as soon as they happen, we move on relatively quickly. I think there's emotion that's attached to it that is nice. But at the same time, uh, we talk quite a bit about if you're going to like this emotion that's attached to this win, then when it becomes the negative, you have to also deal with that. So try to disassociate with the emotion, uh, block out the outside noise. These guys all grew up in the world of social media, and it's just so prevalent in their lives. But I think it's really important that they realize those people talking and anybody saying good or bad about them, really, if they don't have a personal relationship with them, is really irrelevant. Don't connect yeah. any emotion to that at all. Is there something you learn from what they're saying? Great. Learn from it. Otherwise, move on. So there's a lot we talk about off the field. There's a lot we talk about on the field. But in the end, successes we try to move on quickly the failures we try to move on quickly but we better learn the lesson so that they don't repeat themselves so it's been a great month and uh again but i think a lot of this has to go back and and um you know have a lot to do with 
that uh, week two loss is really yeah. what, what we're constantly reminded of and constantly fighting to prevent. Look like It looks like you guys play a really solid brand of complimentary football. I hear that term a lot with, with excellent football programs where offensively you're, you're taking care of the ball. Defense, you're getting off the field. Uh, you know, on offense, I noticed just looking at the stat sheet, you had multiple guys contribute for you, a quarterback in this game in a 45-15 win. Uh, let's let's start with your offense. You got some, some really good players, a wide receiver that's making plays for you in a big-time way. What do you like right now about how you're executing there? Uh, I just think this was the game where we sort where we came together a little differently. I, we, we, you know, held different meetings this week to make sure that receivers and, and quarterbacks are spending more time and speaking the same language. O line, tight ends, running backs, again, spending more time and speaking the same language. The offensive line is tough, and I think when I watch our run scheme and I watch the things we do up front, it, it, it may look vanilla to the untrained eye, but there's quite a bit of moving parts that are going on uh, inside in that run game. And then we also have our, our pass game that really, you know stepped up and and was a huge contributor to the win on Saturday. So we have to continue to do that on time, you know, in rhythm, uh, just perfectly in sync receivers and quarterbacks. And then the O-line just has to continue to do their thing. But I like, again, you're right with complimentary football. There were some chances we took on Saturday. Um, We failed on one fourth down. We we succeeded on another. But to watch that defense run on the field and say, you know, we came here to win this game. You know, I think that to me is all you need to hear as a football coach because we're not worried about holding on to wins and hoping not to lose. We, we, we came to win. And I think that is really the sort of the hallmark of this program right now is, you know, let's go win this game. That's something we're talking quite a bit about. Talking with Bob Chesney, Holy Cross head man, impressive start to the year for the Crusaders, a team to follow out of the Patriot League. They've won the last two league titles. And before you get back in conference play, coach, you have another non-league game versus Harvard uh, out of the Ivy League. You got Yale uh, a couple of weekends ago. Now you got Harvard coming to your place for a home game this upcoming weekend. You know, for people around the country that, that don't follow both leagues very closely, the Patriot or the Ivy because it's on the Eastern Seaboard, the East Coast, what are these games like just from a standpoint of historical relevance with these two conferences in the world of college football? Well, I mean, we've play, been, both been playing football for close to 150 years. You know, yeah. a, a, lot of, a lot of football that's been played um, between these two, you know, some of these teams up here. And I think in the past, you know, it's been really um, some very, very tight, tough hard-fought football games over the past couple of years that you know things have changed a little bit you know we're we're capped at 90 guys on the team the ivy i think is at 125 or 140 or something now um they're not on scholarship but they're on extremely aggressive financial aid <laughs> yep. so when you do the do the numbers on on scholarships if you equivalency it you're probably you're probably talking 90 scholarships 80 80 90 scholarships or something on a team of 140 guys you know i think it's one of those things that uh i think people look and say it's not scholarship but um, you go and look those guys up, the, m- the amount of three stars and four stars on that team, guys turning down, you know, max schools, guys turning down, you know, major power five conferences to go to these places. Uh, it's different, right? It's really different. I don't think people quite grasp that or understand that. So um, this is a, a huge, huge challenge for us. Uh, they have, they are just a powerful football team. You put up their roster against any roster, you know, at, at the major FBS level. And I think you're going to see similarities in size and speed and, and they're coached 
so, so well. These are unbelievable football programs um, in that league and I think in our league as well. We just don't have, been, have quite the numbers that they do. You know, if they're walking in with 50 mm-hmm. more guys than us, uh, it's a big deal. So I think um, the depth is something that certainly stands out, but the quality of football being played in both these leagues is, is um, you know, very, very good right now. Remember the name, Holy Cross. The Crusaders are off to a great start, and uh, I think we're going to be talking about them in uh, November for sure out of the Patriot League. Bob Chesney with us on the program. Hey, Coach, great to connect. Uh, what a start for your team. Congratulations, and look forward to following you guys the rest of the season. Have, have great success and best of luck. Thanks for coming on. Well, I really appreciate it. And again, anytime we have a chance to talk about our program and our fine young men in this great institution, I'm uh, very proud and, and pleased to do it. So thanks for thinking of us and call anytime, okay? Pretty impressive stuff, right? Bob Chesney, the head coach at Holy Cross. That was fun. Uh, some insight into his program. Again, the Patriot League is one where uh, not a lot of attention drawn to it nationally. But man, I think Holy Cross is a good football team. And that was fun to hear. Uh, Coach Chesney's background and hear him talk with passion about his squad shows you the investment level that he has uh, with his team emotionally, mentally, physically, all across the board. Follow Holy Cross, folks. They are a team to watch and a team to think about when you have your brackets in the first round come up late November here this fall 2021. Okay, a couple of nuggets to wrap up the show. How about the word? The bird is the word. Incarnate Word continuing to make an appearance on the FCS Fever podcast. They blank McNeese. It looks like in the Southland, you look at uh, what's going on down there. You look at Incarnate Word. You look at Nichols. Stephen F. Austin has a big rivalry game coming up this weekend. Uh, It is going to be a fun league to follow, even though Sam Houston, Central Arkansas have moved on. Quarterback Cameron Ward, Jerry Rice Award winner from uh, seasons past. He is slinging it for Incarnate Word. They are scoring some points. Very, very impressive stuff to say the least. Congratulations to Incarnate Word on a nice win over McNeese. The Keydets of VMI, another solid victory. They get a nice win over Wofford and SOCOM play. Uh, They continue their momentum from their dream spring season. That's rolling into the fall campaign. VMI. Still clipping along in the SoCon, impressively getting that job done. How about the Missouri Valley Football Conference? Southern Illinois, Western Illinois, and Missouri State combined to outscore their opponents 83 to nothing from late in the second quarter to end of game, all in come from behind wins in Valley football play. Uh, I I can't imagine the folks in Youngstown, Ohio are waking up on, uh, on, on Sunday morning and felt really good about how that one ended. Up 35-7 to late in the second quarter, and Youngstown State loses to Western Illinois at home, 38-35. Ouch. That one stings, to say the least. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the FCS Fever Podcast. It is a big, big week. Coming up, some previews of massive games later in the week. You've got NDSU at UND in the Valley Lidlifter. How about on ESPN2 late Saturday night, Montana at Eastern Washington in a top 10 tilt in Big Sky play. Just a couple of the games we'll be taking a look at later in the week. That'll do it for us. Big thanks for all of you. Subscribe, listen, like, comment. Let us know what we need to know about what you're thinking, what you're feeling about the podcast. That's going to do it. I'm Jeff Colhane. We'll talk to you later in the week on the FCS Fever Podcast. Have a good one.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.